Welcome to today's Sticks and Dirt Kidmin Podcast, a Christian-based kids' ministry broadcast for the family of teachers, volunteers, and light creative soul winners, sharing experience and experiments. And now, today's podcast. Just like that, we are all televangelists. Have you seen that meme yet on uh, social media? No. You haven't? It's only like on every other post out there. (laughs) I haven't seen one. Yeah, it's got a, I think it's Forrest Gump. And uh, just like that, Jenny, we're all televangelists now. So I thought it was pretty funny. During the uh, pandemic shutdown, uh, we have a... uh, this is a little impromptu podcast we're doing right here. It's not going to be the, the uh, normal average program that we usually do. Uh, right now, it's just me and Jared inside over here. And um, uh, I had was on Facebook uh, scrolling down because uh, closing my house. Can't go anywhere or can't go too many places anyway. And um, was looking at uh, a post from uh, Bruce and Jamie Borlick. Uh, as you know, we've had them before. They're children's evangelists full-time. And uh, uh, they had made a post on uh, Facebook, and I'm going to pull it up right now and read it to you. Uh, they had ju- she had just finished reading a book and called um, Resilient, and it says this right here on the post. Finding little joys in the midst of chaos. I will finally have time to finish reading the book I started several months ago. And uh, she gets through a book a lot faster than I do, I'll tell you that. And... Uh, if, if this in quotes, if our young people are going to thrive in digital Babylon, they have to move beyond familiarity with Jesus to a place of intimacy. So what we're doing today, we have uh, both Bruce and Jamie Borlick on the phone with us today, and uh, this is going to be a short little uh, uh, podcast here, probably, I don't know how long they want to talk, 15, 20 minutes, 25, I don't care. 20 uh, seconds. 20 seconds. <laughs> That'd be for you, Jared. So... Um, uh, let's let's do it now, Bruce and Jamie Boyk. Everybody, how you guys doing? Hey, everybody. Um, good to have you. How's things over in uh, Mishawaka, Indiana? Correct. That's correct, and you pronounced it well. Well done. Thank things you. Things are a little bit slower, a little bit slower for us on the road. We have more time at home than we've had for a long time. Wow, you guys too, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, but before we get started in the book here, um, you mentioned, you know, uh, I guess you've had some cancellations. Now, people don't understand that you are, like we said, full-time evangelist. Your uh, income uh, depends on the bookings you have at churches and whatnot. Uh, do you mind sharing with us how much that has affected you so far at this point? <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, it's... It, yeah, it has affected us uh, on an income in an income way, and and we're both kind of gypsies at heart, and it's and so it's kind of affected us that way as well. I'm a little more of a gypsy than Jamie is, okay. And just just being locked at home and, and not being able to go anywhere in general is for me. It's it. Oh, I'm ripping my hair out, both of them. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can imagine. But he does that. get to go out because he called his seasonal job when the cancellation started coming in. He's working at Target right now. And, mm-hmm. and they have not only have they worked with me and given me hours, they have given me a pay raise to boot. So, so when wow, awesome. Thank God. Well, here's, here's, a more, here's the $64 question. Uh, have they uh, given you enough toilet paper? <laughs> you know, I was looking at the shelves today, and, and they were empty again. As soon as it comes in, it goes out. Are you serious? That's, that's kind of a bad toilet paper joke right there. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, most toilet paper jokes are terrible. Yeah. So, but really, uh, they, they sit out fast over their toilet paper? They do. they do toilet paper and cleaning supplies, et cetera, go, go very fast. I, I have been, I've not bought one roll of toilet paper since this began or before it started. And I went out yesterday. I actually walked into town to a couple small shops locally. We don't need none right now, but I went to go find some because like, all the hoarders are taking it. And it's like, you know, I really do will be needing some here for too long. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how long this is going to take, so uh, I thought I will walk down to the Gas Mart and the Family Dollar and a local grocery store, and, and uh, sure enough, every one of them sold out. So uh, there you go. But um, well, we're we're on the road all the time, so he's got a stash in the game tote uh-huh. of toilet paper. He'll pull that out. <laughs> so, so there is backup. Very good, very good. Yeah, what you know, every kid evangelist has to have some toilet paper inside the tote, right, for your games. Always. All the time. All right. Emergency. All right, let's get to the book. Um, Jamie, you're the one that was reading the book. So, uh, Ted, tell us a little bit yes, about, the, about the background of it. You was telling me there was more to it than just his book. Uh, take us up before the book and what this is all about. Uh, well, have you ever felt something deep down in your soul, but you just couldn't put it into words? Uh, like when we would look at our kids' ministry and our youth group, and I always felt like there's something missing. There's something that's just not quite, because we're, we're not keeping our kids. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but mm-hmm. a lot of our youth groups are not made up of children who grew up in the church. We're losing them. And I couldn't put it into words, and I really didn't even know how to express what I was looking for. I had told my husband I wanted to work on some kind of program. My thought was, love, learn, live. Learn to love it, learn it so that it's part of you, and then go live it. And I was thinking more like, you know, a six-week program for church kids that they can put this into practice to make it stick, if I can use that word. Well... I am a podcast junkie, and I skip around a lot, and I came across a podcast that had Valerie Bell on it, and she was talking. She's the CEO of Awana. I don't know if you're familiar with the Awana. Yes. It's been around since the 60s. You see them a lot during BBS time. What they do is absolutely incredible, the way that they actually retain children. Oh, yeah. Well, she was talking about the book that she had written called Resilience. And the things that she was discussing, it was like she was reading all the pages of my heart. Because she's talking about the church of 2050. 
The church of 2050? Wow. Our 10-year-old kids in 2050 are going to be 40 years old. They're going to be the leaders of the church. Mm -hmm. Do they have what it takes? Or are we just telling them a nice Bible story and sending them on their way? Are we putting enough into them to make them resilient so that they can stand and become the church of 2050? And it was just, it was like, okay, somebody has finally put it into words. Everything I've been thinking and couldn't express, they put it into words. And in reading the book, yeah, that's exactly what she did. She, she put it all into words. And she uses a lot of the principles of Awana. There's a lot of common sense principles. But it is totally and completely eye-opening. What are we doing to prepare our children to be the church leaders of uh-huh. the future? All right. Now, you're, I guess this book talks about specifically children's ministry. Now, Jared here, he's, um, at the beginning of the year, he was uh, put in as our youth leader. So I guess whatever you're saying here could probably help him as a youth leader for the teenagers as well, I suppose. Am I correct in assuming that? Oh, I I definitely think so. Um, I'm on my second time through the book, and I think on my third time through, I'm going to go at it with a highlighter. I try not to do that because if I want to share it with somebody, I don't want them to be reading what spoke to me. I want them to see what speaks to them. Mm-hmm. But some of the key points that she brings out, there's three words, belong, believe, and become. And Bruce and I have seen the whole belong aspect of kids' ministry firsthand at several of the churches we go to, where you let kids know you belong here. This is, this is your family. This is your home. We miss you when you're not here. When they belong, they know who Jesus is, and everybody knows that they know who Jesus is because they belong. It's just like with your family. You know when somebody's hurting. You know when somebody's happy because you know them. And we have to get to the point to where we know our kids so well, they know they belong to us. Mm -hmm. When they talked about believe, it was basically being able to place their faith in Jesus no matter what comes. To know in their heart of hearts, to the very depths of their soul, God got this. I'm going to be okay. But the only way that they can believe that is if we model it on an everyday basis. Um, we're, we're very big proponents on relationship with our kids. We want to build that relationship to where they'll come and talk to us, mm-hmm. where they're happy when they see us. And it's when you build that relationship and they can see us modeling our belief in Jesus, that they can start to grasp that. And some of the the points that she has in the book of how to actually implement that, I truly appreciate it because they were very practical. They're very timely. And I think they're a little scary for a lot of people. Because I'll be honest with you, I think a lot of our churches have dropped the ball because we get so caught up in 
that one time moment, that special moment. Okay, we all know it has to happen. Mm-hmm. They have to receive the Holy Ghost. They have to get baptized in Jesus' name. But our kids are more than a number. Right. They have to be more than a number. We need to start putting some emphasis on discipling them to make them resilient so that when the church of 2050 comes, it's in good hands. Yes. Yeah. The other word that she uses is become, and basically that's so that our kids can reproduce themselves, that they can carry this on. They can be fire carriers, if you will. Way back when, when the tribes would carry, you had the one person who was responsible for the embers, and they carried it from camp to camp. And it was their job to keep that fire alive. Wow. Mm-hmm. And our kids have got to become the fire carriers. That's a good reference. They're the ones that have to keep it alive. So, yes, the book has, has been everything that I didn't know I wanted to say. Did you, did you expect this book to be like this, or is it just something you've seen and thought, oh, this looks like a good read? Or did I did not expect it to be quite so close to home. Um, I had listened to the podcast, and I had already heard that it was very similar to the things I was trying to express. Um, but I was I was really surprised at the practicalness of it, and the fact that they actually lay out steps that you can take to. Help your kids belong, believe, and become. Mm-hmm. I like the thing about the word. Uh, uh, those three B's would be something good to put over your door of your kids' church or your classroom or something. I mean, I mean, if anything, for the teacher themselves or kidman leader. Uh, I think it was under uh, belong or become. Either way, you was talking about how the uh, we as children's ministers need to get a relationship with kids. I'm going to kind of. Not really go off track, but this this came to my head here. Um, maybe you can share your experience with this. You, we always try to connect with the kids, you know, and and be that buddy buddy fist bump and and get to know them. And you always you always have two or three that just uh, there's always always one that refuses, and then there's a couple that are like you know you can tell their mom and dad has really sheltered them. And to the point to where they trust absolutely nobody to talk to. And it presents, presents to us a hurdle to get through to them. And, I mean, just today's society and the way things are built around us, and there's this fear that, you know, everyone's out to get your kids and stuff like that, and that somehow every so often comes in with a child um, from what they've been taught, and it's hard for... I guess it's something Jesus just has to do. Uh, it just takes time. I don't know. Have you guys experienced that, or am I just weird? <laughs> we have seen that. Um, we have a, a child in our home church's Wednesday night program, Marcella. And Marcella is a tough cookie. Mm-hmm. She, You never know what you're going to get when she shows up. She either will be full of hugs and smiles one minute, and then throwing the mother of all temper tantrums the next, or she comes in angry, mm-hmm. and she's going to make it out on everybody. Our goal on our Wednesday night kids program is no child gets sent out. We want to keep every kid down there the entire time. Not- so we've embraced 
a yep. philosophy we call radical love. Now, I like that. And Before we go on this, because I, I kind of see where you're going here, because ever since I was a kid growing up, and I've done it myself, the kid that behaves the worst, you know, three strikes and you're going to your parents. It, it seems like we're ready to, we're ready just to, instead of dealing with it, we're ready to send them to mom and dad. I, I, is what you're about to say something that contends with that? Or is there remedy? Well, it's been working so far for us. The one caveat we have is violence. If we have a child who is injuring other people or themselves, we pull them out. And that's just for safety. Okay. But we've, we have embraced radical love. We do whatever is necessary, whatever it takes to love on those kids, even when they don't want it, to keep them down there. With Marcella, some days we do really well with a buddy. We have Sister Z, and Sister Z is phenomenal with Marcella. But she's not always there. Mm-hmm. And nobody else seems to be able to handle her the way Sister Z can. Now we have. But a- I'll come in and I'll just wrap my arms around her and tell her how much I love her and how precious she is, and I'll just say all kinds of silly stuff until I can get her to giggle. Yeah. Once I can get her to giggle, we've diffused the situation. She's good for a couple more minutes. But we may have to do things like that several times in one Wednesday just to keep her under control but it's worth it because if we can keep her down there with us she has a better chance of hearing something that she can then take home with her okay and so, it must be working she brought her two brothers two weeks ago uh, nice so your your radical love uh program or philosophy whatever you got here is this something that you went through your staff and talked about or is there something you just presented to them in an email? How did you establish this? Is it How long have you been doing it? We haven't been doing it very long. Now, first, I've done it for years. Uh, that's just always been something that we do. We don't want to send any kid out. It was more just telling them a passing. It started when one of our teachers brought a child to us. Oh, he wants mommy. He's got to go upstairs. I said, no, he doesn't need to go upstairs. Let's try. Mm-hmm. So we tried, and we got Tristan to stay down there. And he was fine. It was amazing. But we had to meet him on his level. We had to figure out what it was that he needed to hear from us. And he was fine. He was able to stay. We have only had one child leave our Wednesday night program since we started going around telling everybody, you love them unconditionally. You love them no matter what. You figure out what it's going to take for them to stay down here. And the one who went upstairs, he just turned two, and he'd been away from his parents all weekend. So I'm going to chalk that one up to extenuating circumstances. <laughs> now, 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 the experience we've got here, there's one, maybe two parents here at the church. The issue is completely flip-flop. They belong in our toddler class. Their child belongs and connects our, our kids' church, but they will not enforce them or bring them there. They make them send in sanctuary with them. That kind of grates me because it, it robs that child of what that child needs to be involved in. Um, 
Have you encountered that? What have you guys done to deal with that? I know the only thing we can do is just pretty much, you know, go to the parents and, you know, try to persuade them, hey, bring your kids in here. Um, what, what have you guys experienced? The biggest hindrance in children's ministry are parents. Amen. <laughs> but, I, but I know that everyone listening is nodding or saying amen. And one thing that we can't do as, as kids' ministers is go around parental authority. And that's, it's always a hard call because, because we, can't, we can't set that example and go around parental authority. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we do, we do need to talk to mom and dad and try to steer them in the right direction, but if they're not in favor of that. Well, we had Henry. Henry is, oh, he's a great kid. He's a phenomenal kid. But he did not enjoy what was going on for our Christmas program last year. (laughs) So he decided, I'm not going back down there. And that was, I'm not going to Sunday school. I'm not going to ELK on Wednesday night. I'm not doing any of it. Uh And Mama would not make him. She would take him down there. He'd turn around and say, nope, I'm not doing it. And she'd let him come back upstairs with her. So I got with one of the Sunday school teachers. And, okay, we were underhanded. I'm not going to lie. We, we, we probably, all right, it was radical. <laughs> we chose the curriculum to be slimed, and all of our kids were getting to make slime. Normally, if you're late or whatever, we will have extras made for you to take home. We didn't have any extra for Henry to take home. And he came down after that first Wednesday night. We did slime. Well, where's my slime? Uh, well, Henry, you weren't. You don't get any slime because you weren't down here. I'm so sorry. Maybe next week. Well, his teacher carried it over on Sunday, and she brought good snacks, really good snacks, like the, the soft frosted sugar cookies and full-size candy bars. Yeah. And Henry didn't laugh. And he saw the other kids walking out with him, and he came and he said, well, where's mine? She goes, you weren't in class. I'm sorry. I don't have any for you. And he cried. About broke our heart. But Wednesday night, guess who was the first one in line to come to the ELK program and make slime? Well, there you go. Well, he thought he was going to leave and that was over, and I had to get tough with him. I said, I'm so sorry, Henry, but once that door's closed, it's closed, and it doesn't open again. <laughs> sorry. Hey, I, I agree with you. That was a good, uh, good tactic. But Henry was in the altar two weeks ago before we got closed down. Yeah, and and would not leave the altar. Just just hungry, hungry for God's move in his life. Was this on a Wednesday night service? Yes, it was. It was amazing. Can you guys can you guys share with us your Wednesday night service? Because I know everyone's kind of different in a way. Uh, how do you guys do it? Um, what's your format? What segments do you have? Well, our, ours works a little bit differently. We have eight an eight-week curriculum, and we're in our second round of an eight-week curriculum. I, it was from Children's Ministry Deals, Children's Ministry Deals with a Z. Mm-hmm. And, and the first one was basically slimed, and the second one is the non-Avengers. They're Bible stories about people who could have taken 
could have had revenge, who had a right to feel bad, but did the right thing instead. Wow. And our, our Wednesday night program starts before it's even start time. We have a lot of the kids that come in early, and church starts at 7 o'clock, but we start at 6.30, our doors open. And during that 6.30 to 7 o'clock period, the kids come, come and they are checked in and they're given a colored wristband based on their age. And then they will go with their age group through a little rotation. And we just have simple things to keep them busy uh, until 7 o'clock start time. Uh, there, one of our rooms is the game room, and it just has simple games like Jenga and and uh, Connect Four and, and things like that. We have a video game projection system that Pastor bought. Really cool thing, and they will rotate through that as well. And the there's sword drills in the middle. We're trying to teach our kids their way around the Bible. And the and, and craft room as well, thank you. And they will rotate through that. Like like an eight minute segment until seven o'clock, which also encourages our kids to come early. We have prayer on Wednesday night as well, from six to seven. So a lot of our kids are there while their parents are upstairs praying. As soon as that's finished, we do we do speaking of prayer, we do prayer requests and pray a little bit, and then send them to uh, our kitchen area to eat, and they have a, a snack prepared for them by the food dude, and that is his <laughs> ministry, a man at our church. Before I knew his name, I knew him as the food dude, and he feeds our kids every every Wednesday night. From there, they come into our learning area, and we go over our rules and, and regulations and consequences and what will happen to you if you don't obey the rules. They go from there into some praise and worship. And from there, which one person does in particular, and after our praise and worship action songs, they split. And our youngest, we have young kids, two to four, I believe, go to a separate room where they work on some memory work. And our older kids stick around and, and work on some memory work for about 15 minutes. We have one person that specifically does that. And then we have a Bible lesson taught by someone and an opportunity to respond afterwards. And we're trying to time it out to be finished when pastor is finished, but it doesn't always work right. So we're always prepared with some things to do afterwards. That's basically, in a nutshell, how we run things downstairs. Interesting. How, how long does it usually last on Wednesday night? We typically aim to be finished 8.15-ish. Okay, but you start around 6.30? Uh, that's- yeah, our free service starts at 6.30. But we don't actually start with praise and worship until 7.20, because at 7 o'clock they gather for their prayer requests, Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of our team is made up of, I hate to say it this way, old people. (laughs) We have old people who absolutely adore those kids, and Mm -hmm. you cannot keep them out, no matter how hard you try. You just cannot keep them out. So one of them, Brother Jeff, he's in charge of our prayer, and he's teaching the kids how to pray and all that, and he does a great job, but, you know, that's the only ministry thing that happens until after they have eaten. So technically, we're going from 720 to 810, 815-ish. Okay, that's about about the time frame we do it. Ours... uh... Uh, yeah, we typically start our prayer time, <clears throat> excuse me, around seven fifteen 
720 like you guys do. And then we hop into our lessons and stuff. But I like how you got a really organized <clears throat> uh, pre-service there going on. How many kids you guys run on a Wednesday night? We are running consistently about 31. That's good. We, we hit 36 one time. Um, and then we've dropped back, back down around 31. But up here, the weather will change everything. Mm-hmm. The last service we had in the church, um, pastor came down to me as we were getting ready to start, and he said, um, we're technically illegal tonight because they <laughs> changed it to where you only have a gathering of 10. So he asked me if I could keep them in groups of 10 and keep them separated, you know, just so we could mm-hmm. conform as much as we could. Right. We had exactly 10 children <laughs> that night. Okay. Uh, so, but we're working... We're trying to do a team structure to where everybody has done everything so they know how to do it. That way, when Bruce and I are gone, it can still continue on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, it's working well. We have one person does praise and worship, one person does the memory verse, and one person does the lesson. Sweet. So that, that seems to be working pretty well. Okay. I want to ask you guys one more thing, and then I'll let, let you all go. Um, again, you can say as much as you want to. Uh, with the uh, change for all of us, uh, this shutdown has on how everyone, every church is ministering now. Everyone's going online. Um, what, tell us, what are you guys doing? How, how's it working for you? Well, this is our... Uh, I believe it's our first Wednesday not being at church. And as soon as we hang up with you, we are going to begin to film our our lesson, and we will put it on our church kids' Facebook page. They have their own Facebook page that mom and dad will uh, show them the lesson once we have it up and running up there. Last Sunday, of course, was canceled. We were supposed to be out of state. But uh, one of our local churches here asked us to come, and we did a kid's service to an empty crowd and filmed it, and it went on their, their stream. And so that was, that was really strange. It was, it's a larger church, and so it was a big auditorium, and there was us and the sound people. Yeah. And one, and one of their kids was there in the audience. That's that's and what I was getting ready so, to say. It's got to feel really awkward doing that, trying to do a, a full yeah. service with nobody there. Well, well, it, it, from the from the comedic standpoint, from someone who who does things for laughs a lot, that was kind of kind of hard for me. Mm-hmm. But you know what? When we got to the serious part and things started wrapping up, and we got into the worship at the end. You could just feel the Holy Ghost begin to, to come into the place. And we've already heard great things from that webcast. There's a little girl who insisted she had to be baptized. So her parents drove her to the church Sunday night so they could baptize her. Wow. Now that's good. Yeah, and on Saturday, the day before we did that, at our church, our pastor filmed us for our kids. Uh, for their Sunday school Sunday morning. And we then shared it with several of the other churches who already reached out to us and said, do you have anything we can use? And if you'll look at our Facebook page, there is a picture of a little boy 
laying in his bed with his eyes closed and his hand raised straight to heaven. And that is him at the end of our Saturday thing that we filmed. Wow. If you're interested, if you're interested in seeing these, you can find them, I believe, in Borlick Family Ministries on our I don't know. Facebook if it's shared there. Out. I don't know. I'm yep. not sure if it's shared there, but if now, I, if I think not, it we're, is. We're, we're going to do it now. <laughs> I remember seeing a picture of that little boy in bed raising his hands up. I, I was skimming through before I went to sleep the other night, and I, I'm almost sure that was under your post there. Um, right. I, now, spell your ministry post. Video, po- spell your name out. B O R. Spell that B-O-R-L-I-K. out. B O R L I K. I'm not sure if it's on our ministry page. And if not, we'll we'll share it when we hang up. It, it's fact, on your. My it's, wife is already. It's on your page. Well, I was looking for the video. I know that the picture's there, but I don't know that I we shared the video to our page. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah, the uh, but we'll make sure. Yeah, the Bullock Family Ministries. Uh, it looks like under your personal uh, Facebook, you looks like you shared it from your ministry. Just the the photograph. I don't see the uh, video yet, but either way. I, that is um, very, we may very not awesome. Have put it. Yeah, I, like you said at the beginning, we're all becoming televangelists. <laughs> yes, Brother Johnson put it on our page. It's on Bruce Jamie Borlake. Yep, very good. Okay, yep. So, yep. Uh, you can find it on our Facebook at Bruce Jamie Borlake. And there, there was another one I seen just this morning. I, I about lost it. it it's uh, another meme of this little dog with a snarly face, and it said, Pastors back in 2010, uh, Facebook is of the devil, and then it showed a picture of the same dog with a smiley face. Uh, pastors of the day visit our online services this Sunday <laughs> on Facebook. I was like, "Yeah, that, that's big shift. <laughs> that that's changed." So, uh, but it's true. I mean, here we are. That's exactly what we're doing. Um, we're, of course, we're doing something different. That's how we are. It's weird, but it's fun. We're having a blast with it. Jared's helping us out with it, and we made another little video thing for this Sunday we've been putting on. And um, I got with a, uh, a, a face chat, FaceTime chat with the whole staff on Messenger, Facebook, and I said, uh, here we go through this. I said, um, um, uh, the online thing with kids' ministry is really taking off, like, now. And I said... I'm not trying to be in a rat race, but I said I, I do want to pr- approach this in a way that when this is all over with and the kids get older, they can say we were there at least trying to do something to stay with them through this. I said none of us have been to this before. We don't know we don't know what to expect, how long this is going to take, how this is going to turn out. Uh, every one of us are new in this and and going in this this path now. Uh, from children's ministry to pastors to the entire church being on a Facebook and 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 here we go and uh, so it does change some dynamics of things and it's it does make you feel kind of uncomfortable like you were saying you was doing it in front of a, an empty audience and no one there and uh, uh, I've lost some sleep myself at night because I'm thinking about, my God, what are we doing? We're crazy. And, you know, doing this, but I keep thinking, this is for the kids. And it's, it's, uh, we're doing this because we love our children. And, uh, and, and that's what we're doing it for. And I, I do not want to go through this phase, whether it's only for two weeks or two months, and look back and look at our Facebook page for our children's ministry and not show nothing on there. And uh, because that, to me, would looking back and seeing that would say I failed, 
And if we can put something on there, uh, you know, we did something. Right. I I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm a proponent. I'm one of those people that say whatever you can do, whatever you can use, whatever tool is available to you, use it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And if not, there, there's stuff out there that people can find. And we're going to do a podcast probably tomorrow night, Lord willing, uh, when we all get back over here. And we're going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, our first one I did two or three weeks ago, I literally just got some uh, clips and, and video stuff from other resources that were already out there, free to use, and mixed them together for one video file. I had a puppet lesson and some action songs on it and just... It was literally, I did it Sunday morning and had to, I put something out there for our kids. Uh, so even if it's something as simple as that, you know, it doesn't have to be us and our, you know, ourselves, which is, I think would be better for, if we were on it um, for a better connection with our kids. But uh, put something out there for them, you know, to show that you're there right. and that you mean, mean well. So. But, okay. Absolutely. Every tool at your disposal, use it. And we, we have it. All of us have it out there. We have all kinds of resources to uh, work with. There's no excuse not to use something. So, um, uh, any guys want to share anything else before we go? No, other than we want you to keep up the good work, and we want everyone listening to keep up the good work. Don't get discouraged in a time like this. God is taking what's happening, and and great things are happening. Allow Him to use you. Right. Amen. All right, Bruce, Jamie Roick, uh, we thank you guys so much for being with us. So uh, uh, we'll be uh, talking to you soon. And, and Lord willing, we will have you here for VBS this year. Looking forward we, to that. We can hardly wait. <laughs> Once again, the book that we talked about is Resilient by yeah. Valerie Bell. Valerie Bell. All right. And again, your Facebook page is Broick Family Ministries, and it's spelled B-O-R-L-I-K. Bingo. All right. Very good. All right, thank you guys so much. God bless, and we'll talk to you later. You bet. Thank you. Right. Godspeed. Bye-bye. All right, that's Bruce and Jamie Broick. Um, an impromptu phone call there about um, Resilience, the book by Valerie Bell. Jared, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, um, I guess to an extent, like I was thinking, she was talking about, you know, the the pressure of, I guess what we need to do, well, in your case, what you guys need to do to ensure that the kids you have now are the future leaders of the church in 2050. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I think about it, like it's, I, I think, I mean, and you know it, there's more pressure on you than like how I see it because me, I'm dealing with teens. So they're kind of, they're kind of already like they know what they know. They got a foundation built. They got a foundation yeah. built as when it's, for kids, it's like this is their first impression. You're mm-hmm. gonna leave a first impression of what God is and all this stuff. But I guess like my my thought was, I guess for the the people that are listening, what are what are some ways that you can disciple kids? Because for me, it's easier to disciple teens because they drive, they have mm-hmm. their own cars. You can meet with them, you can talk with them, stuff like yeah. that, and. And even to a point, teens and, like, older kids, they're, like... Because when you're a kid and say, like, you're going through something or something's happened... Yeah. 
you don't know how to explain it. Like, you don't know that you need to talk to somebody about it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't really, like, think you need to talk or whatever, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, so I, like, what are ways you can disciple kids knowing that you're limited? You're, like, more limited than what you would be as a teen because you can't really hang out with them outside of church. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, yeah. you know, so, so what are ways? Oh, to do with kids or teens? I mean, kids. Kids. There's like no. That's especially today. um, It hasn't been that long ago. Probably, well, twenty years seems a lot to people, but it really wasn't that long ago. Where in the smaller towns, like when I was in Illinois, uh, North Carolina, uh, we could get with kids. We could have a night uh, at the fellowship hall set up just a fun night and the kids can come over there. Um, we can't go out with teenagers, go with them like you do with teenagers at a coffee shop or something, you know, it's, it's gotta be a group setting, you know, several adults there, um, and, a, and, and a group setting to where they're never together. And that's the only time you can really be with them outside of a church, but still, you know, just pretty much build a, an event for them to come to outside of a church service. Um, and that's primarily what we did, is, is you know to get more connected with the kids and just playing with them, just being in the atmosphere that they love to be in is just play time for kids, and that to me is uh, is is crucial, especially in kids' church because that's how you that's how you become a good friend with a child. I think is play time it's to show them that you know how to play, and you want to play too. And because um, that's that's their world, and you want to join their world and play with them. And my philosophy has always been, when I evangelized, uh, and ever since I started doing kids ministry, I was my philosophy not known to me then, but how I always portrayed it was give the kids the ball first, give them the ball is what I would eventually have become to become aware of. Give the kid the ball. In other words, let them have the ball and let them play, because that's what they want to do. No matter where they're at, if they're coming to church, if they're going to school, if they're going to grandpa's house, play, play, play is on their mind. And so when they come to church, our old-fashioned instinct is sit down, be quiet, worship God, and keep your mouth shut. You know, that was that's the way I was grew up. And uh, so I'm like, no, this kid wants to play. So he comes into kids' church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night. Uh, it's always open up with playtime. And we let them have the ball. We let them play. And, you know, at... 7 to 15 or 10 o'clock in the morning, whatever time we actually start our service, we play our cleanup song video, and they, they've they been given the ball they were able to play, and they they know it's time to clean up, and they pick up all the toys, and we go right into our uh, ministering. And uh, uh, that has never failed. And so I, I think it's appropriate, you know, for a foundation with kids like that to do a playtime and uh, let them get that out of their system. And you give them the ball, they'll let you have the ball, and they'll play your game. So that's kind of what how I've always done it. How I always will anyway. So, but anyway, we hope that the uh, <clears throat> what we've talked to you about today uh, will help you guys out. Uh, we, like I said, Lord willing, we plan to come here in a day or so and uh, uh, pull together. Uh, as long as we don't get pulled over and taken to jail for coming here, <laughs> there's only going to be what maybe five or six of us, I guess. Um, unfortunately, keeping prayers, um, Alexa Johnson, her grandmother passed away yesterday, so uh, that might influence whether we all come back in here 
uh, tomorrow. They're going. They said they'll let us know, and uh, but we want to do a podcast. We want to talk about the change and and the online. Um, how we're doing online ministry now and how it's, what do we think about it? How it's affecting us? We want to share with you what we're doing. <clears throat> and um, uh, I think we already, I think I already posted a link on there to the video that we did for our challenge last Sunday on our SD Facebook page. And so uh, I think we're going to try and follow up with that and uh, see what other people are doing, kind of share some thoughts and bounce some things around. So uh, here we go. All right. Um, we're going to get out of here. Jared. Don't talk so much next time. I'll talk a lot. <laughs> no. But uh, Jared lives over here at the church, and, and uh, I texted him as soon as I pulled up the parking lot. I said, I'm going to do a solo podcast interview. I said, if you want to come join, come on over here. And, uh, and, I, and I rolled over. He, and I rolled over, and I was here. <laughs> I rolled out of bed. He's still in his pajamas, by the way. So <laughs> we will not post a picture of his pajamas. Uh, so, all right. Thanks for coming in, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. And uh, um, I also have Carol. Is Carol still here? Did you see her? I, think. I don't know. I don't I think, care anymore. Wait, there she is. She's walked by there. Hey, Carol, can you can you uh, uh, lead us out here? Okay. Hold on, folks. She's going to take us out like she always did, uh, does, and we'll talk to you guys later. Wash your hands. Social distancing. Call your mom. Because it makes me feel that I Seems we just get started And before you know it Guess it's time